The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on September 5th, 2007. The title was Monster Recessions and Alcohol-Free Interviews. And the description said here, let me see, Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed the hack attack at Monster.com, the pending question mark recession, and what it means for recruiters and alcohol-free interviews. Tune in for all the fun, which begins right after this. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We We out. out. Hey, what's the best platform out there to help automate initial phone screens? I found exactly one result. It's First Screen True Talent at www.firstscreenme.com. Com. Great, but the calls need to be self-served by candidates when they're available. Correct. It's true talent at www.firstscreenme.com. And I need to be able to record my own voice. Uh, are my speakers broken? It's still true talent at firstscreenme.com. Right, but it needs to do reference checks too. You're starting to really irritate me. It's still true talent. And of course I have to be able to listen to the original audio as well. Yes, yes. Still true talent. And it needs to be able to do high-level analysis on all my candidates as well. Okay, that's it. I can't take any more. Shutting down. With tens of thousands of completed calls and years of research to back it up, First Screen is the award-winning pre-qualification platform to quickly check candidates' soft and hard skills as well as references. See a demo of True Talent on our website at www.firstscreenme.com today. Find your True Talent with First Screen. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. Right now, millions of people are looking for and finding jobs on the Internet. But are you getting paid when they find a job? Well, now you can. When online employment sites like Monster and CareerBuilder came on the scene, they took billions of dollars out of the pockets of the recruiter. But now there's a new sheriff in town called WorkGiant, the recruiter's best friend. WorkGiant is empowering recruiters throughout the country to take back your industry. WorkGiant is a national and broadly focused job board, but with some very distinct differences. One difference is with WorkGiant, employers and recruiters can post jobs for free, search the resume database for free, and only pay 1% upon a hire. WorkGiant markets through professionals in the industry. Why? Because it's your industry. As a professional recruiter, you have the employer relationships. You have the job seeker contacts. It is your industry. It's yours to take back now. 
Work Giant will never replace recruiter value-added services. In fact, we offer you a way to monetize 95% of the market that currently goes to the online job board industry. Refer current or former clients and surplus job seekers to your Work Giant affiliate website. Refer once and you own the relationship. Then, get paid every time they make a hire for as long as they make hires. Someone is going to lock up your employer contacts. It might as well be you. Every time a hire is made by one of your clients or one of your job seeker referrals, you get paid. It's that easy. So take back your industry with the power of residual income from WorkGiant. Welcome all to another exciting, action-packed episode of the Recruiters Lounge. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and sitting beside me in the co-host chair is, you know her, you love her, Karen Madden. How are you, Karen? It's been a while, and I've missed you. It has been a while. I've been so busy, and you've been doing things, and I've been doing things, and the research got has stood in for us both last week. Yes, she did, and she did such a great job. Yes, she did. I was highly impressed. Yes, Kudos, she did. Amy. Yes, she did. Oh, she's such a sweetheart, too, by the way. Well, maybe she'll do some more. I don't know. We should probably do a three-way, a three-way one these days. Maybe if I beg and plead and offer, you know, chocolate chip cookies, I can get her to do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'd love to do an interview with her one day. Anyways, you know what? She and I will interview you. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, see, you put people to sleep right away. Right away, they're nervous. (laughs) We keep threatening, but you know what? We haven't lived up to the promise, and I can guarantee you, your listeners want to know more about you. Well, you know what? If we did that, maybe we could package it as a cure for insomnia. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this, guys. He really is this modest. I'm telling you, he really is. All right, so what's going on? In the world of recruiting these days. I know we were talking earlier, we were flipping through the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And over my cup of joe, I saw some news about the mortgage industry. Yes. And talking about it with few and wheels started turning. And I think you had a really interesting take on it. Well, um, I was just going by history, you know. I mean, current events is the way it is. I mean, the, right now, the mortgage industry, I was really shocked to hear how many jobs have been, you know, I was reading about Challenger and Gray and yeah. Christmas. How many jobs were, I think, I don't know, not to cut you off, but I guess I'm cutting you off. There was an article uh, about Challenging Grace saying there were about 10,000 jobs lost in the mortgage industry? No, no, no. Uh, 91,000. 91,000. For the year so far, and it's only August. That's 75% more than, um, than the 50,000 recorded for all of 2006. Wow. A par, and a quarter of those of this year's totals have come alone from this just this month alone. So tell me, with so many jobs out in the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. why should recruiters overall start to get a little bit concerned? Well, you know, that's the problem. And it's not just I mean, when you see the mortgage industry start happening. I mean, we're starting to see residential construction is being plunged. Mm-hmm. Because of the house prices haven't been fallen, okay? Mm-hmm. Mortgage defaults are being soaring, are just totally soaring. Now, we've seen unemployment. And what happens when there is a lot of people being unemployed? A lot of people being unemployed, yes, hard times, bankruptcies. Less work for recruiters as well, too. Yes, definitely that. And it also hurts. I mean, right now regarding the mortgage industry, okay, mortgage industry helps predict, um, predict um, the financial institutes. They depend on these monies from the mortgage industries, and they do a lot of loans to businesses 
based upon the money that they get from the mortgage loans. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see people defaulting on all these loans, I mean, this is like the defaults on loans is like we're hitting billions of dollars. I think it was $100 billion right now that we have in, in regards to defaulted loans. That's how high it is this year, okay? Wow. And so right now all of these financial institutes are saying, hey, you know what? We don't have the money, uh, and we're going to have the money. So what you're finding is companies who may want to expand, grow, they're like saying, okay, we can't get money. We're going to have to start doing freeze hires as well. And that's already starting to happen. In fact, even London is predicting their 5,000 um, jobs uh, to be lost in just in the city of London alone in the next couple of months. Wow. I mean, I talk, and I was looking in India. India is also feeling the pain, too. They are also losing jobs, and they're feeling the pain from this as well. But they're losing jobs. Because usually when I think about India, I'm thinking about booming job market all around IT. But I guess there's more than one industry well, no, <laughs> in operation no, 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 in India now. besides IT. something here, too, outsourcing. What? what have we done a lot of in America? We've outsourced. In fact, India has a tremendous number of outsourcing on loans as well, too. And the customer service in regards to, like, say, for example, you may have a loan with uh, Sun Mortgage, okay? Right. And they may be in India with their customer service. So, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, insourcing. Right. Well, many companies are now coming back home because I'm bringing what's called back insourcing. They're bringing back a lot of the businesses home. Well, India right now is feeling the effect as well in regards to our mortgage. Well, I can't call it a boom. What's the opposite? They're not feeling like like we're feeling over here. Oh, yes, here, they though. are. Oh, yes, they are. I don't know. I couldn't believe In fact, let me see if I can find that. I was just reading it. In fact, right before you called, I'm very fascinated about this, and it's very sad. Mm. But I was just reading how even in India right now, they themselves are having a tremendous concern as well. Because of our, they're, they're having a concern about our mortgage industry because it's going to affect their business. It's affecting them already. They're seeing some downfall from it as well right now in India. I cannot believe it. I was very shocked. Let me see if I can find it again. Yeah, find an example of that because that's that's kind of kind of strange to me. I know. I mean, well, but it could be my, my way of thinking because usually when I think of India, I'm thinking of of high tech companies. I'm thinking of software developers. I'm thinking of of companies moving over there. I mean, I have heard about. Some companies coming back from India over here, but only because um, the the cost is rising to do business there because they have so much talent there and the salaries are starting to go up. And for lack of a better term, they may be getting more Americanized and and what they can uh, ask for in their salaries, at least that's from what I've been reading. So it's not going to be as cheap. I mean, it's still cheaper much cheaper over there to do business than it is over here in terms of software development and that kind of thing. But that's going to eventually change as their salaries gradually start to increase, which they already are now. Absolutely. The thing is, you see, what happens is our mortgage firms are also, um, you know, in this, depending, I mean, they have a lot of people over there who are employed by our mortgage firms, too. Mm-hmm. If we're cutting back here, we're going to be cutting back everywhere else, too. So here comes in the problems with the jitters as well. You know, I mean, here we go. I just realized, here I got it. Um, Fed's rates cut because recovery or or bourses. I don't know what that means, but this is India. Having lost close to U.S. um, $100 billion in the last 15 sessions on subprime mortgage concerns, Dalal Street may hope for happier times ahead, improving improving global queues after U.S. Federal Reserve cut the rate, which lends um, lends its bank. 
But in, but they said Indian Boris has lost close to four million crore. I don't rubles, RS. I don't understand all this. For me, they're saying, uh, that's they're a, saying that they're now yeah, they're showing some concern too. Well, with uh, I wish. Uh, hmm. I have it in front of me, but if, if, there, if you could do, need to do a rate exchange, we'll see how much that is in American dollars. For I'm pretty well. You got to remember, for them, it's still a lot for them because yeah. they're there too. You know what I mean? Right. right. I mean, they're saying the benchmark at Sensex, which plunged nearly 578 points during the day, ended 216 points down. I mean, so what they're saying, in other words, is that, and, and they also say Indian markets posted fourth, fourth straight weekly losses. Tracking weak global trend, following a host of factors, right from yen carry trade, unwinding hedge funds, redemption pressure, heavy FFI selling, and some prime concerns. I have no idea what that means, okay? But I, <laughs> I was hoping I was going to say, okay, what is that? I mean, in English. Another reason is suffering losses. But the, so they're saying for, they're suffering four consecutive losses, basically, okay? All right, let's, let me, send, me the, send me the article because I want to post a link to that so people who, who may know what uh, all that means can yeah, read the article themselves. Okay, let me go back. That's, like, not getting into that. Let's just get into what we do know, right? Okay, let's talk about history. Now, in case, now worst case scenario, let's sort of picture it. Um, the housing market hits a big bubble. Um, if it's sounding as bad as, as you were speculating earlier, probably around, uh, I don't know, this time next year, um, around September 08, it'll be um, very uncomfortable. Well, actually, no. I mean, they said it right now is extremely uncomfortable because most of the, the job losses have already happened alone in this month alone. They said that, they you know, like, for example, 3,400 uh, jobs were cut yesterday alone, okay? Mm. 91,000 for the year so far. That is 75% more than the 50,000 recorded for all of 2006. Now, when they say these jobs are cut, are they, are they listing it um, by industry? Or no, just... this is all just the financial services. Wow. This is just the financial mortgage industry. We're not talking about nationwide in every industry. This is not including construction, which, by the way, also suffered losses because of the housing market sure. down. Sure. This part I can understand, okay? Sure. They're not getting into financial you know, mumbo-jumbo, okay? Right. But when you look at this stuff, I mean, you're looking at the reality is that here we are, and can we call this a recession? I don't know. I mean, what I would prefer to call this, in my mind, is a market correction, because this housing market of ours went up through the roof. Mm-hmm. Credit didn't come too easy for us to get. In fact, people were able to get loans for houses, and you could have had the worst credit, even bankruptcy. And so because of that, here they got upside-down loans or piggyback loans where they end up getting, you know, they're paying way through the roof, and now they're having tremendous number of bankruptcies, which is why we are in billions of dollars in debt in with these financial institutions. Now the government's saying, hey, we're going to probably use tax money to try to bail some of these companies out. Wait a minute, they're going to use our tax money. Mm-hmm. Now what's the logic in that? Well, it seems that these financial companies, well, for one thing, the Dow Jones, not the Dow Jones, the government, Greenspan, basically, they, they've been trying to keep, they can actually ma- manipulate the market to try to prevent recessions. In fact, that's one of the reasons our last recession was so soft. Mm. And the reason they tried to do that, very political most of the time, okay, but, and, and it's extremely political, not very, it's extremely political. But what they try to do is to try to make the market kind of stay good and positive 
and they don't realize that sometimes a recession is a good thing to have. When can a recession be a good thing? Well, a recession is very good because what it does, it purges the market. Purges the market in that it takes away people who are not experts in their field and forces them to do something else that they're not qualified to do? Well, they're a necessary feature for economic growth. For example, you creative destruction is what it means. It, it, it gets rid of inefficient, we, um, inefficient work. Let's take recruiting. What will happen to our industry again if we go to another recession? Uh, is that, is that, that's that um, Jack Wells uh, Six Sigma thing where the bottom 10% gets cut and the rest goes up to the top. Right. Something and the like ones that, right? that are good, what the, the good, clean people, the people who do well, the people who, in other words, what you find that people who have been inefficient, haven't done a good job, really were just kind of writing on the bubble, they will get weeded out. Another good reason to, it basically what does, it, it, it gets rid of the excess and the booms. Let me give you examples of the housing market in San Diego. Mm. The housing market in San Diego is just, it, it's, a, it's outrageous. I mean, a person cannot afford to buy a house. Only 20%, actually less than 20% of people can afford to buy a home in San Diego. Well, the prices there are outrageous. Exactly. Well, that's I mean, because of Silicon Valley and all the hype around that and all the well, companies and all that, right? salaries actually are more equivalent. San Diego is more expensive to, to live in than Silicon Valley in San Francisco because we have lower salaries compared to that of San Francisco. Hmm. They try to make the adjustment so that people can afford to live in San Francisco versus San Diego is very challenging to live because of our salaries versus the economy. So what happens is if there becomes a market crash, it now gets what we call market adjustment. It brings the houses back down to what should be normal. It really isn't a bust. It really is more of a readjustment, and it makes it more normal. It fits to the market as it should. Well, that's what will happen in our industry. Now, what, like, for example, people are complaining and concerned about this major um, war for talent. Okay, right. I've been, like, oh, I've been so angst against that. Yeah. Like, what war for talent, that's right? That's a whole other podcast. Exactly. But, no, this is not really. It's part of this. All right. How so? Be- because here you have right now, how many how many people have I seen here? 100,000 people have been laid off in the past year. Right. Now, a lot of them will be also recruiters. Because some of these companies completely closed down some of their mortgage arms. Some of these financial institutions completely wiped out. I mean, right now, I knew of one particular mortgage company who had 200 recruiters working for them. So so let me me just throw this out there in in the middle of that. I'm hearing from you that the mortgage industry is pretty much done for right now as far as recruiting, recruiting standpoint. And no, also, I'm not saying that. Well, not, I mean, not, not done, not done, and that it will never come back ever again in life. No, I'm not saying that so, that either. I'm in in the foreseeable future, though, but you're saying that if you're a recruiter, you don't want to recruit in the mortgage industry right now. No, I'm not saying that either. What, so what I'm are saying, you saying is that it's going to be very challenging as a third-party recruiter to make any money in mortgage industry because all these people are knocking on people's doors. So why do they need to pay me? Aha. Uh-huh. And why would they need you, really? It's why they can actually let go of a lot of their recruiters because a lot of these guys are just going to respond to ads. Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot, and there's no need to be going out there and finding these people. All they got to do, for example, many of these companies who completely closed down, you know, there's that they have to give money, but they also have to ha- set up pretty much an office that's going to help them outsource them too. So a lot of these companies that are still in business, the few that are, 
there's 100,000 people that are there looking for a job, but, I mean, there's no need for them. So these 100,000 people, what are they going to do for a living? A lot of these people are going to try to change what they were doing, go into a different industry. They're going to try to go to school. They'll try to do something different. But, you see, right now the mortgage industry can't support those people to work. Hmm. You got a, you got near a hundred thousand people who are unemployed right now, which, by the way, are now going to end up going on unemployment, which is going to strap that particular cities and particular states. As well. And then again, this is only this is a hundred thousand so far this year. This is just this year alone. Actually, as they said, and the year is announced yet. This month alone, and it's right. not over yet. Okay, and then you got to also remember now it's also affected construction. This here has affected construction, so we're seeing losses in construction. And then from construction, you're going to see all the people who are depending on construction, like, for example, construction bought steel, they bought tools, they bought, you know, the manufacturers of these companies that sure. made the steel. They're going to be affected. It's the trickle-down effect, Reaganomics, that he talks up all the time. And that's or used to. Pardon? Or <laughs> used to since he's not around anymore. God bless the dead, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so what happens is is that people don't realize how this one industry, and that's why it usually, when you see recessions, you usually start, and it usually starts with unemployment, okay, and in regards to the mortgage industry, too. When you see mortgage industry going down, that's when you start to see, and, and people buying less homes, and the interest rates start getting affected, then the finance industry can't give out loans and it can't give out money, and then all these other companies can't expand, and then all of a sudden you start finding people not wanting to hire anymore. There's freezes, and then they start cutting back because there's fear, and we're already seeing this part happening. Remind, so, it's just reminding me of all, all of what you're saying is reminding me of, of 2000. Absolutely. Which wasn't, a, which wasn't a happy time. But the thing is, what happened is, though, the government – they kind of fondled 2000 and only allowed the, the that recession was very very soft mm. compared to what was back in the 90s. Well, yeah. And well, so the problem is is that the market does need a full blown re- recession. It needs a strong one. People are going to hate me for saying that, and believe me, I really feel bad for the people who lost their jobs. I really do. I'm still trying to see what the silver lining is. You keep trying to pump here. I'm not pumping a silver lining. Actually, it's the opposite. My concern is, and this right now, is what we're going to see as a fallout from this. I, my prediction is that we're going to start seeing some major fallout in the recruiting industry come by April or by the spring, I'll say by spring of next year. By spring of next year, your prediction is that there will be a whole lot less recruiters out there because of what's happening right now in the mortgage industry. I predict that, yes. Now, I mean, these recruiters I'm glad are, to hear that it's not going to happen, but I do predict that, yes. And these these shortage these recruiters are having a bad, hard time. These are recruiters who focus on the uh, mortgage industry. Or yeah, I think that that's already happening. We're going to see recruiters already being harmed from that right now and shifting into different industries to try to recruit. Okay, mm. because I mean, right now there's a hundred thousand unemployed people, and I can't see how many recruiters out there are going to be making money. Um, with the clients, when they don't, the clients can get these people themselves. You know, one thing we could do, mm-hmm. or I'll invite other people to do this if they just have a curiosity in this. If they could do us, maybe, maybe I could put this on the post, but if they did a, a resume search on, uh, say, Monster or some other <laughs> Monster, or some other career site that's out there, um, and just sort of gauge how many resumes are out there right now in the database. 
uh, in terms of uh, the mortgage industry? You don't and need to. Actually, one of the articles I read, but if you want to, that'd be fine. But one of the articles I read were discussing, they said that they were quoting recruiters that said they were seeing the CVs um, right now from a lot of people from the financial industry consistently. Oh, really? They're already seeing it. As I, I mean, as I said, uh, you got 97,000 people unemployed from the financial industries. Obviously, they're looking for a job, right? So, but they were saying they already starting to see the downfall from it. I mean, I, I just I just wonder how hard it's going to hit this time. Well, you know what? I think that any, I mean, any at any time you want to control this kind of thing. But the cynic in me tells me that it's not going to be as bad initially, just because it's an election year around the corner. And if there's anything yeah, possible, he can manipulate that. He can. No, can no I'm just saying that's just the cynic in me. And that's true, but when you're right, because it can be Greenspan can manipulate it in such a way that you know they can say, okay, you know the reset. But then again, I don't see. Well, Greenspan is influential, but he's like he's not like the, he's not the Wizard of Oz where well, he, he's behind the curtain. I'll explain how that's done. It's regarding interest rates. He sets the interest rates. So did, should they decide to cut the interest rates, raise interest rates, or not? That is what's going to help predict. You see, they can actually juggle the interest rates and the financial projections to make sure that they, they can keep the economy a little bit more stable. You know what's, what's, what's uh, I won't say scary, maybe I will say scary, uh, about Greenspan mm-hmm. and all the influence he has? Mm-hmm. This guy is not elected. Yeah. <laughs> he is not in an elected position. And actually, you know, I don't <laughs> even think his name is Greenspan anymore, is it? But, but you know what? I was reading about this, too. We didn't insert the, the uh, X-Files paranoia music here. You know, but what's really <laughs> interesting, yeah, you always talk about me. <laughs> no, I just, I just think about that. Day, I was like, that's pretty interesting. This guy is in a very influential position that he is not elected in. Well, you know what's also interesting, too, though? They said that because not just the job cuts are picked up, you know, um, and the multi-billion dollars, but they were talking about the corporate bond market, the MasterCard for U.S. companies that had slowed to levels not seen since the recession of the early 1990s because of these rising defaults. So the bond market right now, which can also be associated with the financial distress because of the banking association. So this, pre- I mean, I, it's really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, forecasting recessions is really, really kind of pretty bad, okay? You shouldn't do that, Okay. And, you know, you got to look more at, like, what's going on in the economy and what's going on in the, you know, the stock market and the exchange. But, you know, when I – you got to look at history. I mean, the mortgage and financial markets has predicted nine out of the three recessions already. Nine out of the three? That's what they said. Well, like, I think they meant three out of Nine out of ten. You say nine. You say nine of the. Th- nine out of the thirteen. That's probably what they meant. Nine out of thirteen. Okay. Okay. That's probably what they meant. I said nine out of three. I'm reading what they wrote. Okay. Mm-hmm. But probably nine out of the thirteen. But one of the most proactive um, ways to determine how the market, re- um, all the recessions that have happened, has been to the mortgage and financial industry. Hmm. And so, if you want to look at how this recession, if there's a recession coming. You continue to look at the financial industry, you look at the mortgage industry, and you go, this is history, re- re- you know, recreating itself. We don't make many predictions here, do we? No, this is, this is like the, the thing is another thing, too. Remember, what? the market always has to clean itself every 10 years. It purges itself every 10 years. Every decade. Mm-hmm. Like the groundhog sticking his head out. Oh, we're, I mean, we are, we're outside of the 10 years. You know, it's been a long time. It's been, what, since 2003? It is now, well, actually, it was in 2003, is it? 
the last one? The last one, well, it, it started coming out around 2002. Oh, it was 2002? That's when it started coming out, yeah. 2000, 2001, it was really bad. And then what I heard on the news the other day was they said that the they, that they're expecting this, um, the mortgage, to kind of flatten out and level out by 2008. They don't predict it as a crash is what they had said, but they predict it as a leveling. Well, I'm granted, but still, we have that many jobs. That's a lot of jobs. Mm. That's a lot of people right now. I mean, I don't want to make humor out of this, and we don't want to make light. That's 100,000 people, and 75% of those were this month alone. That's a lot of people. So we're seeing. So you're saying we're seeing it just at the very beginning. And I think that there's, in regards to the, I mean, I see what what has happened, in, you know, with regards to economy and what people are talking about the war of talent. Economy has always managed to readjust itself, and economy has always managed to make things work out in spite of. I mean, what, I think it was Colin Kinsberg. He wrote. They were talking about war of talent, and he wrote a really interesting piece about how economy was kind of. We aligned this up, and I thought, let me look that up, too. And I thought about the Black Plague, and I thought about smallpox, and I thought about all that. But that was also during the time when the world was going through the biggest industrial revolution. Hmm. And yet, we were able to have some of the biggest industrial revolution, even though we were losing people to diseases at, at massive numbers. You know what? I want to pause a moment right here for a quick commercial break from our sponsor, or at least one of our sponsors. So you guys hold on, and we'll be right back. Bounty Jobs. The new frontier of recruiting is a friend to recruiters and employers alike. As an online marketplace, Bounty Jobs helps employers find talent effectively, faster, and without bruising the bottom line. For recruiters, it's a way to alleviate business development hassles while earning more money and building your reputation at the same time. Now, I like Bounty Jobs because it is easy to use, delivers top clientele with no upfront fees to use its service. Simply put, when a placement is made, a modest percentage of the fee goes to Bounty Jobs with the majority of the fees going to you, the recruiter. It's the kind of win-win deal that is hard to walk away from, but hey, See for yourself. Find Bounty Jobs online at www.bountyjobs.com. That's www.b-o-u-n-t-y-j-o-b-s.com. Yep, and we're back again here at Recruiters Lounge. If you notice, we just sort of cut off in the middle there for a uh, commercial break. Try some little something new and different here. I hope you guys special. like it. You are special. You are so special. That is pretty cool. Well, okay. I uh, press high five there, dude. <laughs> high five back me. at you. Well, you're going pro on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, excuse my ramblings in regards to the fun. You never ramble. That was not financial <laughs> data. I mean, I don't really understand all that hodgepodge financial. I mean, when I got to do my taxes, I go and I fall asleep with my attack, my accountant's this, office. This is this is why when, when you talk about these articles and you sign on stuff. We'll post it on the site so people can see for themselves what you're quoting so they can say, oh, that's what she was rambling, not rambling yeah, about. Well, yeah, kind of like trying to read and pronounce regarding rubles and all this other weird see, stuff. See, Oh, whatever. I mean, I swear, nothing just, bad or negative. I just, we just want to make it just, just want to make it good for, for, for the listeners there. Okay. Got, a, got another thing that sort of caught, caught my eye today. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know? Google? I mean, I mean Monster? Yeah, yep. 
Yep, I knew yep. you were going to go with Monster. You know you go with Monster, because I thought it was so interesting. I blogged about this on my site, uh, jimstrad.com, of course, uh, shameless self-promotional plug. And um, it turns out that Monster was hacked, and about a million-plus records, if I remember correctly, were um, exposed and exploited. I love your article, by the way. That was well written. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll link to that so people know what you're talking about there too. And um, the thing that the, the basic thrust of my article for people who 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 haven't read it, which is probably most people listening here, <laughs> was that Monster was hacked, and then um, the next day they posted this teeny well, in my in my opinion, a teeny tiny little update on their site. Was that the next day too? I don't even know if it was the next. I don't even know it was the next day. I think it was like three days later. I'm not sure either. But I think I, it was. I think I, it was announced the one day. I, I, yeah, and then when I looked at it, like, well, I came across the story probably the first or second day after it started picking up steam because I've been so swamped with, with, with things I've been working on. So, um, I, my thing was that uh, they were hacked. News started getting out about it. People started talking about it. It started hitting the national news. I know they were showing on the news up there in California, and I've been seeing it on – I read about it on USA Today and a few other national newspapers. I go to Monster's website to see, you know, how they're responding to it, just out of curiosity. And I was saw with this little tiny ad at the top of the, of the page, which was color-coded with the rest of the scheme of the website. So unless you were really paying attention – Or knew what to look for. Or knew what to look for. I, I, I didn't see it. And I remember when I was talking to you about it, Karen, you were saying, well, did, we both looked at it and we couldn't see it right off. Right. I mean, I, mean, I challenged you to find it. And I was purposely looking for some sort of advertisement or announcement that says, hey, we got hacked. We're sorry. We're, we're trying to uh, make it right. This is what we're going to do to make it right. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't really see that. I saw very little. And I thought, are these people putting their heads in the sand and hoping it would go away? I'm like that is like the worst thing to do. Cause I think it's. I personally think it's irresponsible. I mean, it's fair. We can't. Okay, let's get real. It is fair. I just. I mean, I. I did. I actually told Jim. I said, Jim, I challenge you to find that. And how long did it take you to find it? It, it took uh, about a minute. It maybe, took me maybe to two minutes. Back to the, I went. I left the website. So then I went to a different page, not website. I left the um, front page. Yeah. Went to another page. Went to another page, and then came back, and then I saw it. Yeah. It, it was, was weird. It was very weird. And then in my article, as you know, I wrote about different things they should have done to respond What you thought uh, to was that. good ideas, and I thought they were fantastic. And, I, and I'll, I'll go through a couple of them, and I'll link to it from the bottom of this podcast if anybody um, is curious. One thing I thought they should have done was the CEO should have jumped and got his video camera, nothing fancy, no no Hollywood video, just some kind of cam cam uh, camcorder, and said basically, hey, I'm the CEO of Monster. Um this is this is what happened. This is what we're going to do to fix it. Um, I'm mad about it. I'm embarrassed by it. I'm mad about it, but we're going to make it right. Tune in to um, the site next week, and you'll see a definitive action plan of what we're going to do. Take that take that video, upload it to YouTube or Soapbox, which is of course Microsoft's um, video service, and then put, and not only that, put it all in, in every video sharing site that's out there. There's tons of them out there, and put it everywhere. And then I say you should go online and do a blog search for everybody who is bashing Monster or talking about it positively or negatively about it and say, hey, we're on top of it. Here's a link to our site where you'll see what we're doing about it. I mean, I said other things along those lines too. Um, I haven't seen it. Now, true enough, I just posted this just recently. So, uh, and they probably my blog is probably number one priority 
<laughs> for them right now. Their but, public relations group is sleeping at the wheel. They need to hire you. Uh, well. You know, I mean, for, you know, Monster I mean, has more problems than just this one thing. <laughs> I want to well, I mean, put I mean, their business out there. Now, it might be. I mean, they also have those other issues that's going they on. They do have other them. issues. It's mm-hmm. not it's, it's not air too much dirty laundry. It's just stick Should, with Well, it's public knowledge. Well, it is public knowledge, but, you know, I don't like, I don't like to share people's dirt. And then, you know. You mean the fact that they're behind $278 million in understated income? Well, they, they may have missed it. It could have been a typo on the ledger, and they just overlooked that. Oh, yeah, for 10 years? Well, well almost they, 10 years. They've been busy. They didn't get around to it yet. Oh, yeah, really? Okay. See, that one, I kind of, I kind of like, have a little problem with that. And I know that their general counsel pled guilty just recently. Well, sometimes you got to take one for the team. Okay, granted. Okay, fine. But and I know they just changed the CEOs and stuff, so maybe they're going to try to keep the. Well, the CEO want to take a break. He was, I, I, I guess, he was taking a well-timed vacation. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say that they're trying to clean their corporate image now, and they made a mistake, and that they did fire a few people. So that's true. You know, when they saw the error was being made, you know. That, I mean, but that just concerned me a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a good time to be a monster employee right now. And no, probably not. You know, I mean, but. I wrote, it, it is a good time for a good turnaround, which they could do if they show a little leadership and vision in that area. I mean, yeah, in fact, even with this, I mean, like what we were talking about, even this situation that's going on, yep. I think that they should pub- publicly announce it and say, yeah, this is what happened. We're sorry. Let's see what we can do. And to the employees, like, okay, employees, we're embracing you too, and we're going to try to help you with their, you know, because this is not going to hurt your stock funds or whatever, you know what I mean? Exactly. They exactly. really should be more vocal in a lot of this stuff. I wonder why they haven't. They could take the initiative on, and be on the the offensive and say, hey, um, it happened to us, it'll happen to you tomorrow, hot jobs or career build or whatever, and they should form like a a big action committee or, or, or some kind of coalition that shows they're taking a definitive leadership stance in stopping this kind of thing to not only happen, stop it happening to them, but also to their competitors as well. Absolutely. And, and in doing that, they would get them so much kudos in the industry, I'd imagine. And people say, oh, okay, so, so they're really serious about, you know, protecting the, their intellectual capital and, and, the, and the resumes of people who put their the people who put their resumes there. Because I'm thinking consumer confidence in Monster, I mean, it, it, it took a tremendous hit. Yeah, I mean, it has. A tremendous hit. It really, and you know, you've got a good point, too, though, about something, too. I mean, if they, you know, because it wasn't really their fault. I mean, no. it, was some advertis- it was some advertisements that were on there from what I've I'm, I'm heard. It was something called auto auto ads that caused it, you know. But can you can you really safeguard and watch over every particular, no, you when, you, when you have that many advertising advertisements really going is. on? And that's what I'm saying. Is it really their fault? Because, I mean, and it was semantic. Who caught it? You got to give kudos to Semantic too, by the way. Yeah, they're good. Semantic was the one who saw the traffic going on, and they were link- able to link it back to, to Monster, right? Yep. And so the thing is, I mean, they really could come out and say, "Look, you know, we know really we're 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 taking some responsibility, even though it wasn't totally our responsibility." And look, we're trying to make something, let it be known, and and we're sorry, you know. Yeah. I agree with you, and then you made a point too. Hmm. That they, when you go to their site and they show you these little, you know, pages and links. Yeah. Who's going to read those? Yeah, because I think even though it's, it's there if you want to, I mean, if you're really taking the customer to heart, you want to make it as easy as possible. And one of the suggestions, as you know, in my article, I said, well, why don't you make that into a, a, a flash a video presentation? Yeah. And so people can sit there and, and, and sort of get the better, uh, get what you're, what you're trying to display there, because it just 
having a couple of links and a couple of images, it, it just didn't convey. It didn't convey that they were concerned. It didn't convey that they cared. And you know what? Not to me. I like your flash idea because a lot of people are not computer savvy. Right. You know, when you go open up a page and it opens up, they don't. Some people don't remember to go click back left or right. you know or you know exit out. They think that's it. You know, they don't. A lot of people don't understand the little links at the bottom. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people don't really. They had to have help getting their resume put on Monster by their daughter, their son, or whatever. You know. Exactly. And the bottom line of all that is, I have to, as the user of your site, I have to hear, I have to feel that you care, and that you're making a heartfelt a really strong effort to keep my confidence in your company in handling my resume. In other words, in other way, it's much easier for me to say, you know what, I'll just delete my record, and I'll just look at the job listings, and I see something I like, maybe I'll apply there too. Yeah. But if, I see, if people start taking their resumes out, that's going to that's gonna hurt their offering to their other uh, customers, which are the recruiters who use their service. You know, and there was, I remember an article back in 2002 because there was also, I mean, and one of the things in the letters, there are some ads on there, too, that are, are not legal or legit, too, that are utilizing, you know, for erroneous information to gain people. They, you know, they pretend to be a real company. Mm-hmm. A person clicks on it, they think they're going into it, and they start typing in all their information. And that was another, actually, it was on MSNBC that I had read this, you know, and it was called Another Black Eye for Monster or something like that. Right, right. And And they talked about it in their little letters, too, about being more cautious about the ads that you even go ahead and click on, too. You know, sure. if I was the CEO of Monster right now, what I would do in, in, in that regard, I would say, look, you know, here is a cash reward. I'm going to stick up uh, $1 for every resume. Well, maybe not for every resume. But maybe <laughs> I'll put up a $100,000 reward. And say anybody who has information leading to the capture or the arrest of people who have exploited our system, or who have or um, uh, caused us harm in any way, then you get a hundred grand in your pocket, cash. Wow. A million. On the, uh, maybe even a million. Let's say a million. I think a million dollars would speak speak higher than a hundred thousand. Okay, so let's say a million dollars for um, for an arrest, a thousand dollars for uh, no, a hundred thousand dollars for something that goes to court. You know, um, something like that, some kind of cash incentive. I mean, yeah, I bet you there'll be a lot of people will be squealing out. Oh, yeah. And then I would hire a, maybe um, a call center or someone to feel that because I can say, look, you can email us or you can talk to somebody. I would take on that expense because I want the confidence of all these job seekers, all these resumes, because they, they take all their resumes out. What do I have? I have a lot less to, to sell to my uh, other clients. That's a good point. I think that's a really excellent that's an, point. It's an investment. And, and at this point, <laughs> they need good publicity. They really do. They <laughs> need some good publicity, so I, w- I would do that. I would like to know who the marketing people are, because I think that somehow the other may be sleeping out of the wheel. Could they be sleeping or... They oh. may not be getting very positive advice. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Like they may not be. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I mean, unless they're not listening to positive advice. Yeah, maybe so. Or, just, or it could be it, or it could be with all the other things they got going on. This is just one more thing, and it's it's less of a priority. Although I don't see why it would be, but. Well, yeah, they, yeah, you're right too. I mean, this might be something that right now with all this other investigations and et cetera, that they they're like, uh, we're kind of like overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, they're in a, they are in a very precarious situation right now. I'm sure you know. I mean, it's like it must be extremely overwhelming for them. Maybe somebody will buy them out. Two hundred. Well, uh, well, let me see the. Well, I, I would. Two hundred five. I mean, how much would they be worth then? 
a lot. But I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't touch them by amount until all this stuff is like settled. And I don't know. I mean, would you no, buy a company that has that, that has this much trouble right now? How many CEOs have they gone through recently? Uh, two, three. Two, at least I know. Two, of. at least two. Uh, yeah, um. But see, they got the they got the branding. You think online jobs? You know, people think Monster. I mean, they've, they've done that right, obviously. TMP didn't work out with them, though. Well, we don't know all the whole deal there, so I can't even speak on that. That's true too. And I, I, the only thing I remember reading was that they were like, you know, was worth like one less than a penny per share or something like that. It was they had lost so much money. Yeah. It was not worth much. Maybe it was just bad mismanagement. Didn't they change a name though to something else? From. TMP to something else, I believe they have a different name brand now. You know what? I uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Have. I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, well, I know they've gone through some. They've gone through some t- some interesting changes, and you know they brought. This is, I guess, part of growing pains, and you know, every big company seems to have to go through them. I guess one time or the other. So here's a big question: Will Monster go away? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Don't think so. I'd no, I think that there will always be somebody who will see the benefit of it. But like that's another interesting question too, because mm. they were talking about the job board ads. They said that, and in regards to the article that I was reading, mm-hmm. they said that job board ads, and that was I think was the Nelson the Indian one, um, are so down based upon what was last year. Because I mean it was like wow, I couldn't believe that either. Could it be because of all the negative publicity they've been getting, or no, 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 not just the monster. This is in general. Oh, job boards in general. Uh huh. Because of all these, because of the freezes and et cetera, they said that so many institutions had introduced the hiring freeze, and that this time last year, of course, the job searches were search were soaring, and they mm. said that job boards are also seeing some of the pain. Hmm. See, that's why it's good for people that have their own blog. And constantly promote themselves in the blockosphere so that recruiters and, and, and internet researchers like myself can find them. No, which brings back to what I'm thinking. Hmm. Poor monster right now in that regard. If I don't want to say poor monster because I'm still kind of reeling over the other part that I've kind of concerned <laughs> on. Okay, because right. I can't get over that 275 million. Okay, it's a typo. Come on. Understated income. I'm sorry. It's that's a typo. A, oh, ten years, right? Well, you actually, I heard it might be as much as 332. So you're right. It is a typo. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the thing is, so I don't want to say poor monster in that right. regard. But my question is, I mean. Could monster really if with if the economy is gonna go down, if mm-hmm. it's for sure there's all these job freezes, if the finan- and we see the financial market is already being harmed by this, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand jobs is a lot, okay? Yep. So if all of this is happening, gosh, I mean, could monster really, like you said, could they rebound? Well, they they got through one recession at least. Yeah, but they didn't have an S C C investigation. Actually, they've been through two recessions. But they didn't have an NFCC investigation at the time. That's true, too. So I don't know. Are you talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. um, Just from a a curiosity standpoint, this is like, um, I guess for people who who may be listening who are not in HR or not in recruiting, this is almost like uh, the OJ trial for HR. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, this will be interesting to see. Without the knife and killing. Because, you know, I tell you, a lot of job boards were harmed. Monster managed to survive. Yeah. Um, Career Builder managed to survive. Yeah. I think Yahoo Hot Jobs kind of merged with them a lot, so that did, probably didn't help. I mean, that probably helped them a lot, too. I'm sure it did. 
And then um, I know that a few of them did manage to go away, but there was a lot of mergers around the time frame. So it really would be interesting to see what could happen. I wonder if somebody would, who, who could buy Monster if Monster was on the, was on the block? Microsoft, Google. Those are the two I would see that would pro- Yahoo would probably consider buying them again. Would probably consider buying. I don't them. see Yahoo buying Mark, uh, buying. Um, Why not expand Monster Builder? No, I mean, they, no, Yahoo has hot jobs. I mean, hot jobs. I mean, sorry. Yeah. So, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, if they already have it. Hot jobs. Yeah, that's true. Hot jobs is pretty big, right? Hot jobs is pretty big. Yeah, well, that's an understatement. Needs something that's more of a service-oriented kind of an industry that's consistent revenue. Well, I think maybe I could see Google doing it. They have the money for. It. Okay, Google, can I get a finder's fee on this one? <laughs> I could see definitely Google doing that. You see Google have, getting buying Monster and making it free and sticking ads all over it? Oh. Heck yeah! No, I don't see them making it free though. No, no, Google doesn't do free. They they always do free. No, come everything on. they do, they put it out there and stick an ad on it. Oh, it's like you know, the, I won't say you flea market it, but you know, there's too much re- re- residual income on Monster for them to do that. I mean, no. Well, I don't know. You look at the Wall Street Journal, and they um, putting some stuff out there free now. It used to be subscriber based. Since uh, who bought them? Was it Murdoch? Oh, yeah. Murdoch by Wall Street right. Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch's been getting more into the Internet. You're right, because they've been saying, like, let's get away from bit more from the print and get more into the Internet. You're right. Yeah, because print's been dying. So I, 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 don't, I don't think print will ever die 100%. Oh, by the way, you guys, we're bringing that to that. I know this may not be recruiter-related, but okay. who, who for guys? Are, 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 we, are we getting away from it? Is the recruiter A little bit. Show. No, we're going to come back. Playboy right. is going to the Internet. Yeah, they're having a social network. Yes, for college, college, yeah, I saw that. Students. Oh, I saw that because I saw a news article, not because I frequent the Playboy site. Let me just sort of clear that up. I only watch it for the articles. And but I <laughs> <laughs> they have great articles there, great recruiting articles. But they have a site called uh, Playboy U mm-hmm. for Playboy University, mm-hmm. and it's geared towards college students. Yes, and what was interesting? Do you know why? Because their numbers in print were going down. Hmm. I saw that on the news this morning, okay? Hmm. And so I was going to bring that up to you. I thought you might find that interesting. Yeah, me too. I saw it on the news too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> news San Diego too, huh? Okay. Fox News San Diego. But anyways, yeah, they got a plugger. But anyways, um, yeah, I was watching I was watching the news, and I saw that, and I said they were talking about how the print had gone down. And I was thinking that what was interesting, though, is how they were targeting the college students. I find that very interesting. Well, you got to keep those naked co-eds coming, right? Well, no, right? there's a reason I find that interesting, and I'm bringing that up. Right. Because just recently, I was reading that the Association for Colleges, now I don't know if this is somewhat related. Okay, but that's, that's related they, to recruiting somehow. It is related to recruiting. They don't want recruiters and um, people on business rec- business recruiters mm-hmm. to go in and serve alcohol at any of the functions anymore for the recruiting functions. Wait a minute. They don't want recruiters serving alcohol? Nope. At- I'll get this. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. When do recruiters serve alcohol? I mean, I'm sure that would boost their numbers. To the bars, or they, you know, when they have them, they say, "Well, meet us at a bar, and we're having a recruiting function there." There's kind of a things like after hours, you know, an after hours function. Well, on their website, I saw this just a couple of weeks ago. They're asking recruiters to no longer have alcohol in in bringing alcohol or, or serving alcohol or having them at bars or those kind of places 
and with regards to re- for the um, for the uh, recruiting ventures and gunk. Wow, uh, so I imagine it's going to hurt some uh, recruiting numbers <laughs> if they're having I, if they yeah, use yeah. alcohol a bit to close their numbers in. But I can also see for some of the people who might be like, for example, like I mean, I'm not in Utah, for example. Okay, mm-hmm. the individuals there are extreme. The Mormons, for example, at Brigham Young University, they are very high in, in morals in regards to that, and they're not supposed to drink any alcohol, okay? Right. That's part of their principles. And a lot of people may not be aware of that, and I could see they say, let's have this uh, young kid at a bar, local bar. And that might make it somewhat difficult for people like that. But I can't, I can't see somebody not being sued by now for, for, for doing that if that's, the, if that's the, uh, some kind of standard practice. Why? I mean, if, if somebody's parent, if you if, if you found out your kid was was uh, at a bar, and above. I mean, you're graduating from school. You're over 21. Well, I mean, unless yeah. the kid, I mean, you gotta remember. Okay, now we know Generation Y are kind of like you know coddled by their parents. Granted, we understand that, but that's a little bit much. I mean, by this time, the kids. Well, yeah. Like, all right. All right. All right. He's that's 23 fine. years old. Yeah. All right. All right. That's right. Good point. Okay, because I was thinking like, well, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean. I could see many people getting sued, and I think what their concern was that some of these kids would go to these things. Okay, so, for example, they were also home at hotels, too, right? Mm. And these kids go to these places, and they go to this stuff, and they get drunk, and then they get in the cars, and they get drive, and they know. I think that's what has been a lot of the concern, but also the fact that alcohol is being served. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to remember, think about this, too. How many times do our candidates go on an interview, mm. and they may have a dinner, and alcohol may serve, be served at the dinner. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine if your boss is drinking wine and like a little, you know, and, and the guy says, I can't, "I'm sorry, I don't want any alcohol." The first impression is, "Are you an alcoholic?" Yep. You see, I think that I, I agree with this because, like, for example, too, I know that some companies now too, some companies are not hosting Christmas parties with alcohol. They're not, also they won't host Christmas parties off-site either. Really. Yeah, I know right now here in San Diego at least four large corporations that will only do lunch for a Christmas party, pizzas or special meals or have it catered in, no alcohol served. Well, there you go. I think we're going to we're going to wrap it up there. The clock on the wall tells me I have to close. Oh, okay. This has been pretty interesting. It has been actually. It has been a little different and a little strange, especially when I kind of went to try to do my little weird tangent about reading about financial stuff that I don't know. Okay. That's right. Well, at least you say you don't know. You're not. You're not claiming to be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to be one of those, by the way. It's too much. There's just too much responsibility in that one. Well, you could always play one on TV. Ah, okay. Any um, any uh, final shout-outs or hellos you want to give out to anyone before well, we close out? I wanted out? to say thank you. To, I want to say hello to Amy. She's such a cool buddy. Hello. Research goddess. Woo-hoo. She is. She's a sweetheart, man. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. And I want to say thank you. It's been a while that I've been on board. And I can you can tell everybody I'm sorry for it, but uh, I'm a little kind of exhausted too. It's very late here too. And uh, thanks. And my final shout is is everyone who's who's going to hang out with me at a SourceCon. Anxious to see you guys. We're gonna have fun real soon. Oh gosh, you know that I know you're gonna just kick some major major fun butt. Out there. Yes, I said that word, but he is. Can you imagine you being the MC? All right. That is gonna be. Have you are you prepared for that yet? Uh, not really. Oh, uh, you are gonna be so fun. I'm gonna Can be you so tape nervous. it? 
I want to videotape. I want to see. Videotape it. it? Well, you know, I'm thinking about blogging about it and just you know take a video camera and blogging up a little bit here and there. We'll, we'll see what happens. Fun. Oh, geez, that's we'll a great happens. idea. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, until next time. Say goodbye, Karen. Oh, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.